Welcome to Touch the Line podcast. Today we have a very good friend of mine, Mr. Skip Anders, which we've known each other since high school. You want you, oh, you want the clap? All right, there you go, Skip Anders. And stop. There we go. Welcome, Skip. Welcome to my thank my you, studio. Evan. Thank you for having me in this beautiful studio. So we've known each other since high school. That's right. Now let me tell our listeners a couple of fun facts. First one is Skip, you used to have like this Mac Daddy computer back in high school. It was probably like the size of this room. And after high school, all of us would go to Skip's house and burn CDs. This is back when you had CDs and they would burn them. And we used like LimeWire or Kaza, I think it was called. Anyway, so completely illegal, but that's what we did at Skip's house. Um, it was ground zero for uh, CD burning. Another fun fact about Skip is his daughter actually works in our company. So if you ever want to feel old, um, start hiring your friends from high school, their, their kids. So you did a phenomenal job, Skip, on raising Ruthie and uh, Thank you. and your other son, Liam. Your other son. Like My Ruthie's only son. Not, My yeah, only son. Ruthie's not your son. One son, one daughter. But yeah, thank y'all for having her there and let her be a part of y'all's team and make sure she works hard for y'all. Yeah, man. So I think you have uh, an incredible story. You have a unique gift um, when connecting with people. So I want to bring on just kind of pick your brain, give our listeners a little bit of a, uh, who Skip Anders is. Well, Skip Anders is a networker and someone who loves to be relationally connected with others. And currently started almost two years ago a construction company that I own and operate with my business partner, Sean Tate. So we can go into that in a minute if you like. Yeah, I I, I agree that you are a networker because I don't even get lunch with you in town anymore. <laughs> Gotta go out of town. Because <laughs> everybody stops and talks to Skip. Um, so I, I, I'd love to like, let's jump into like some, some leadership questions. Okay, so great. You, you're in construction world. I'm in salon world, which you're still dealing with people. Leadership principles are the same. Sure. Um, from what I've heard in construction, like the way that you, um, how the way that people talk to each other and you have employees and you're working with people and time is everything when it comes to construction. So tell me what your leadership looks like in construction world. I would say we have three or I have three different leadership objectives daily. One is employees. How do I serve them? And that can be the same wherever you're at. Um, What employees need, what they want, how they're going to be effective. Uh, what our mission is, how do we accomplish that, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, whatever that is. And then keeping them accountable for what we set as a team. I think that's one of one of my jobs as op, the op, as president of Anders Construction. The other one we have that's probably our toughest is our vendors. So do they meet do they meet the goal? Do they fit our culture? Are they the right fit? Do they get the mission? Are we clear on what we're trying to build or remodel or or execute? Which is the same in, I think, the hair salon, right? Yeah. So you got someone that wants frosted tips. (laughs) We don't say frosted tips. What do y'all say? I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know hair. Yeah, when you pull it through the cap. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just remember in high school, the baseball team, we call it Frosted <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had my hair pulled through a cap a few times in high school. So whatever whatever they're trying to accomplish from a a look, hey, you know, I'm a little like Jennifer Aniston. Sure, I do too. But reality <laughs> is like, are we painting a picture for that to happen? So if we're going to build a five-story building downtown, you know, where, where, where are we going to park? Where's our waste going to go? How are we going to get in and out? How are we compliant? I mean, all that plays into the fact with our vendors. And then once that mission is set, getting the vendors on board with that mission. And that could be per project. That could just be a lifetime of connecting with them. Hey, well, we, you know, we need to get paid sooner than 60 days. Okay. Here's, here's how we can help you in that or whatever, whatever trying to accomplish. And then the third is our owners, uh, the people that actually pay us. And how we communicate to them. Again, I'll go back to the Jennifer Aniston look. If I want to look like Jennifer Aniston, I'm the owner of this multi-million dollar, you know, high rise that we're going to do. You know, what's my what's my good, my bad, and my ugly is kind of what we go through. Yeah. So from a leadership style, that that has to go in every day, everything that we think about. And the fourth is the vision for the company. Where are we headed? Is this a good fit? If we grow, what does this do? How does this impact that person? So those are usually the four elements that are on my table, if not hourly, then from a daily standpoint. Yeah, we're we're in the process. We're in the process of pulling permits for our building. Okay. It's so much work. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. How much do you communicate and how important is it in your line of work? I, th- I think it's the backbone of what we do. I think a project can be successful by over-communicating and then it can be in the trenches by under-communicating. And, and for for you, we'll just take your building for example. What might be important for you may not be important for us because we we deal, deal with it a lot. So we don't we don't see that permits are that hard. We don't see we don't see that. But for somebody that hasn't experienced that, they may think that's very tough. So again, over-communicating that, understanding the need trying to not be dismissal. I think a lot of construction operators are dismissal because we don't have time or we don't create the time. So trying to take that time to create this culture of, hey, do you understand what we're talking about? Do you have any questions? And, and I think it's okay to say, hey, think about this for over the weekend or the next few days and then come back to us. Because what you don't want is a project that fails because you miscommunicate it or you didn't get the design right. Or they're not happy with something that they go tell, for in your instance, Evan, as you're building, well, we didn't get the paint color right. Well, paint is very easy to capture. Right. So you may go tell 10 people at your salon that we didn't, that Anders Construction or whoever's building your building didn't capture this paint color right. And that's all they hear about. Well, I've, I've just lost business. Who are some of your, uh, your, your mentors growing up or now and what, what some key things out of those people that you could share with our listeners? I would say two of the mentors that I have right now would be John Banks. He owns a commercial construction company in town, his business partner, Mike Ribbon. So John and Mike really have just believed in me. I worked for John in 2010 through 2012 as a computer draftsman in design, which totally not made to sit behind a desk all day. 
<laughs> I did not know that. You don't really strike me as that type of person. Well, when you have two kids and a wife that you have to pay pay bills, <laughs> you do whatever for, you can. You got to survive, and and that was a job that I thought I would like, and I was wrong. One of the, two of the big takeaways that I have found from these two individuals, John and Mike, over the last two years, is creating a belief. Like they believe in me, for whatever reason. I would say there's some core principles that every employee should have, right? Honesty, trustworthy, integrity, all that great stuff. But they know when they give me a project, it's going to be handled. And if it's not, hey, we're going to communicate about it and fix it. But at the same time, as they grow, I've asked them, can I grow with you? So what are your needs? So we sit down and we talk about your needs. One of the things that we're doing from Anders Construction is figuring out how to be part of their help with their framing package, which is typically their second largest line item per your budget in construction. The other big, the other big inspiration I have, you know, and I would tell my younger self this is my wife's probably my biggest advocate. Now she gives me a lot of, Hey, did you think about this from the other side of the coin? Which I don't like sometimes, but she, she believes in what we're trying to do and where we're trying to go. So I, I think if you have that on the home front and then you can find a core group outside of the home, I think it makes it easier. What I'm saying is easy. It makes it easier. Yeah. Easier is different than easy. That's right. <laughs> With Anders Construction, how long have you guys been doing this? We started, I would say, semi-post-COVID in July 2021. Oh, great time to start a company. Right. So if you can do that, I think anything's possible, right? <laughs> that is true. Um, so we're right, we're going on our, you know, year and a half at this point. All right. Congrats. Love Thank that. You. Thanks, sir. All right. Let's say I want to come work at Anders Construction. Why should I come to Anders versus any other construction? Like from a leadership standpoint and culture, what sets you apart? Evan, what I think we're trying to do at Anders Construction and somewhat new to this is Trying to build a culture, a culture, excuse me, that empower our employees. Mm. It gives it gives them freedom to figure out, hey, I might do well with this contractor. And Evan, if you came to work for us, you you don't do well. Okay, well, you go find someone that can meet the quality standards that we have and the budget that we have. You take care of that. The other thing that our projects are obviously right now they're all custom. So if you like that world in that industry, it provides a lot of freedom to be creative. And our customers really enjoy that, that we can, we're systematic enough, but not so systematic where we can't adapt to what their business, their business may change during the project. And we may change our plans and our vision with them in order to accomplish what their goal is. So I think that's what really sets us apart. The other thing is our, our Sean Tate that we have, his experience, I don't think you can capture. And you might be able to, from what I've seen. What he brings to the table is is far more paramount with his level of leadership than I've seen in other industries. Yeah, great people, leadership. And I love that you talked about empowerment. <clears throat> Boy, I it's one of my pet peeves when I go into a company and they don't empower their employees. Sure. We did go to a, a 
a company a few months ago and the person was not empowered. Mm. They kept saying, they even said this, well, I, I, I want to keep my job and I'll have to get manager approval on that. And I'm just like, as a manager, that seems like very exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of salon owners in this, like this world, they want to have all the, they want to have all the the power, but yet they get exhausted when they have to be sure. there for everything. And I'm like, start empowering your people. Like the company will run way more effectively. They'll be valued and they don't have to be like, well, let me get Evan and Aaron for every situation. Right. <laughs> right. I think another thing that I've learned is no decision is the worst decision. Explain that to me. So let's say I'm at your salon. And I think you talked about this when we were at lunch a couple of weeks ago. Hey, look around and what do you see? Well, I see there's towels on the floor. I see that the, I can't remember if this was true or not, but for example, hey, the ceiling fan is dirty or the shampoo bottles don't line up. We don't, it takes our staff an extra 30 seconds to read the bottle. If we take the example that you give of the front desk, right? If they always have to find you to accomplish those goals, their answer is always no. Like if if you say I have to get a manager because you don't know, I haven't done my job to lead you for you to find the answer. So if if the answer is no, then either A, I've got idle customers, I'm losing revenue, or people are getting frustrated. So even if they did sell the excessive 50 shampoo bottles, is an opportunity to learn and to teach and to grow those individuals. Yes, hopefully they wouldn't sell. I don't know what a shampoo bottle runs, but hopefully they wouldn't give away that. But they would say, hey, how can we make it better for you? And typically what the customer wants is cheaper than whatever the owner is going to give them for a solution. Say that again. Whatever the customer feels like. Okay. So let's say the customer says, I'm not happy. I just want you to hear what I've got to say. All right, that is cheaper than giving those whatever the owner wants to give. And it may be a refund of the service. And I don't know if that happens from time to time. Yeah, it happens. But uh, yeah, people want to feel valued. People, they want they want to feel heard. They want to feel heard. They want to feel heard. Every, um, I've only had a few of them where I've talked to a guest where they're, they're heated. Like yeah. they're upset about something. And Fighting all, mad. Yeah. And all I do is I listen to them. And when they're done talking, I count to three, Mm -hmm. not out loud, but in my head. Right in your head. That's good. (laughs) And I say, hey, thank you so much for letting me know. Sometimes I'm like, I know that was probably difficult because they probably been planning this in their head and they're going to be like, well, then they're going to come back and say this. And I just tell them, hey, thanks for letting me know. Thank you so much. And I'm telling you, you'll get so far. uh, What's the saying? You can win the argument. Um, and lose the relationship. That's right. I'm like, I want to w- win the relationship with most people. There's some people I'm like, nah, our <laughs> well, relationship I, ends. Here. I think from a business standpoint, if you're in the wrong, I think you need, I won't say I think you need to make it right. So if you provide a service that is not up to your standard, you got, you need to make it right. And that's, that should be across the board. Sadly, our industry is not like that. Are you talking about the construction Construction industry, industry excuse me. <laughs> From, you know, you probably hear horror stories of stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. But if a guest at a salon isn't happy, there's probably a minimum amount that it would take to make them happy. And a lot of that 
And if we go back to your illustration of the hotel, I would usually, if I have to go get a manager, be more heated than the individual just saying, hey, what is it you want? Can you look at me in a room upgrade? I remember going to Doubletree and Doubletree sells on these, I call them hot now cookies. I think they give you warm chocolate oh, chip yeah. cookies, right? <laughs> you always <laughs> talk about cookies. <laughs> so, but if they don't have warm cookies and you've missed, you missed your whole advertising, you've missed it. So at 1230 at night, you should have warm cookies. Yeah. Because I know you don't have any guests coming in, hotel guests. So I think there's just small things to capture employees that don't create a no, no, I can't do that versus of yes, I can. Or, hey, would this suffice? Yeah, make a decision. Yeah, just do something. Your construction is like boom, and especially in Greenville, South Carolina. And you're at what? You say a year and a half in. And, I mean, you're moving quick. How do you handle your home life and your work life? Like, how do you <laughs> He's smiling real big right now? Every business owner it doesn't ever like, I don't think there's like a bullseye. It's like, man, I'm doing great at this. I think it's almost like, uh, I mean, it's seasons. Like, you know, right now uh, might be a really busy season. It is for Aaron and I right now. I'm traveling a lot, but in December, I'm stopping. And then when our building finishes up, I'm not going to be traveling during that time. But how do you handle work life and home life? I just work more. <laughs> so I was smiling. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm great at this. This is not a strength of mine. I enjoy what I do. Um, I want to give access to our employees and our vendors to be able to feel like they need, if they need me, they can get a hold of me. So that usually starts at 730 and ends, you know, around six. And that's kind of been that way. That's what works for me. But at the same time, the people that, we're asking to do stuff if it's nights or weekends to accomplish the goal. I don't want them to feel like they're alone in that fight, especially if I'm not there, which I'm not always there. So I want to give them access to me. One thing that I want to implement is giving our staff maybe switching nights or weekends where we go on call where they can take some of that burden. And then being honest with people up front and say, hey, these are operation hours where, you know, 8.30 to 4.30. And then from a customer side, and if it's an emergency like, your house is on fire, you know, call us. Call 911. Call 911, then call us. <laughs> um, but other than that, if it's not an emergency, yeah, we can probably capture it tomorrow. Do you feel like it's easier with children that are older, like yours, that are in, uh, what grade is Liam in? Is he in middle Fifth school? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And then, you know, a high schooler. Do you feel like it's easier at that age or at my kid's age at five and seven? I think the foundation of parenting with it was it's ties into construction or, or, or hair cosmetology. What do you call your industry? Yeah, hair industry. Hair industry. Okay. I, I think it starts with children small and it requires a lot of time when they're smaller, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't know, because they're not, you really have three seasons of children. You have probably till they're in the third grade where they can't and shouldn't think on their own because they just don't have the capacity. And then from three, third grade to eighth grade or seventh grade, they 
can formulate questions and answer questions and ask questions. And we should be able to provide feedback through them. Now, at some point, the 84th question, okay, <laughs> you're done. I'll cut you off. You don't get any more today. But why? 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 <laughs> but why? <laughs> but the why is how they learn. Right. And they learn from the why. So if it's respectful or, you know, 930 at night, your why is up, right? So if you really want to spend time when we have energy, that's great. The toughest for, for me was the work-life balance at the younger age because I couldn't take them with me. So now I can take Liam with me or I can take Ruthie with me. Yeah. But now we're Jennifer and I are seasoned with Ruthie being a junior. We're launching her to be a young adult. So instead of saying, hey, as you drive, you need to get take these four directions. Now we're saying, hey, how how are you going to get to the destination that you're trying to go? Because we want her, we want to see her process. And the same thing for employees when you ask questions. We want you to process. I want to see how you process because that's going to tell me how you think. Oh. And if I can think how you think, now I can challenge what's important for you. So like our operations manager is very structure oriented. So he needs a structure. Skip likes to put out fires. Skip's not going to have the same structure as Chad is doing operations. Right. So his question format on how he responds is based on his schedule. And mine is going to be geared to more project and customer satisfaction. Yeah, that's really good. And we do that in the salon, like get to know kind of everyone's personality. And that way you can, um, you can lead them better because you know kind of how they think. Uh, we use the Enneagram, which I've talked about many times on the podcast. So I'll just uh, bypass that. If you want to know more about the Enneagram, go find another episode. Construction world, really any world, um, you're going to hire people and they're not going to, they're not going to gel with the team. They're not going to fit in. They're not going to sure. fit their culture. I said this many times, you got to define your culture. Then you can find out who's in the cult, like who's bought into the culture. How do you find out in your company, in your industry, people that don't fit into the culture? I, I think the, I think the first thing that takes is time. I think for us, we model, we have to model what we, what the outcome is. We hired a gentleman, hired two interns this summer. The first intern had the weekend attitude. He was excited to be there. We had a sewer issue. He gets inside the sewer and starts cleaning it, right? That's not really his job. It's not our job, but the solu- we needed that solution. The other gentleman that we hired was like, hey, that's not my job. Oh, And I'm like, well, it's not mine either. So it's either me or you. So we all get into there. And in that moment, he didn't understand the financial cost that his decision said. So I'm going to be delayed three to four more weeks if he can't provide that. Now, if you don't want to do that every day, I get it. I'm not asking that. But when the fire is against us, how are we going to respond? And sometimes that, hey, I'm sick. I need an individual to pick up my customer because I've had her for 20 years. That's an important customer. And she can, she's she got a wedding that she can't go to. So I need her hair to look spectacular. The thing, the thing that is tough is if they don't fit your culture now and you're trying to get them to fit your culture, it doesn't happen. 
It's like a square peg in a round hole. It's right. just not going to work. It's not going to happen. So we have to we have to create an opportunity to be honest with those individuals, and then find them something that that their culture will fit those. Man, that's good, Skip. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. We'll have to do a part two because we're running out of time. But before we go, I got some some rapid fire questions. Your favorite band? I would say my favorite band overall is probably Zach Brown Band. Zach Brown Band. Because I know you don't like country. <laughs> well, he's not really country. What is he? I don't know. He didn't he do a pop album? But I'm like out of all the bands. I would be ecstatic. Ecstatic. And I, I think I could say this and you'd be okay. Adele is probably my favorite artist ever. Okay, Adele. I mean, she's good. Sorry, I'm judging you right now. I'd like to see Journey as well. Journey, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. All Need right. to Breathe is a great one. <laughs> I do like Need to Breathe. I'm talking about like your favorite band. Favorite. I like it when the, the radio in my truck is on silence. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's times where I enjoy that too. <laughs> all right, your favorite movie. Man, favorite movie of all time has got to be Denzel Washington, Man on Fire, 2003 era. Got a winner. Dude, Man on Fire. Any any father. Dude, that any man. Movie, I need to rewatch it. That movie. Was I mean, it's a little incredible. dark at the beginning and through it. But the idea that you would really lay down your life for somebody else, which Denzel Washington's character does at the end. I'm it's watching. paramount for any father that has a teenage daughter. Uh, I need to watch it. Now as I'm a parent, because last time sure. I watched it, I wasn't a parent. I was probably a child. All right. Last question. What's one food that you could eat every day for the rest of your life? One food. I've got to go fast food. Well, I mean, you can't just say fast food. Well, in this in the Greenville, the South, we have a lot of fried food. So I would say Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, we got to go. Skip, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Evan. 